0: Tonight on the How-To Hobby Podcast, we dive into the food that is empowering us to our next hobby adventure. Everything from our pantry staples to our refrigerator choices, we dive into that and more on tonight's episode. Thanks again for tuning in and we hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the How-To Hobby Podcast. I'm your host, John Power, joined once again by my lovely co-host Sean Bennett we are bringing you some more lovely content to start the year off here in 2023 we're calling this the core building block series we're gonna be diving into something that's so important tonight it's gonna be all about the food we eat every single day what we're stocking the pantry up with every single week I know Food shortages are happening around around the country, around the world, but this episode is going to prime you, get you ready to fill your pantry with the staples and things to empower you to your next hobby adventure. Sean, 28 years old. I got it right tonight, man. You did. You got (laughs) it right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling good uh,
1: coming off birthday weekend. Um, it was it was really good had drinks hung out with friends uh you know ate dinner with the family it was it was good i'm i'm feeling rolling right into 28 i feel like this is gonna be a good year and you know only two years to 30 and then i gotta figure out what i want to do for my 30th birthday all so. down
0: downhill from there is what people keep
1: telling me i mean i people know are i'm looking working at me up now. to 30 <laughs> i'm almost there i'm almost over the hump and then it goes down but Uh, Yeah. Overall,
0: it was good. It was a it was a really good weekend and a really good start to the week. That that is not the hump, Sean. The the hump is really forty. I don't know what I'm getting made fun of at work for being over thirty, but that's because all (laughs) these youngins. every every 10 years
1: feels like its own little hump that you got to get over there's like certain things that come with the 30s there's certain things that come with your 40s and 50s that you know a 40 year old person just isn't going to understand the 53 year old person and some of the stuff they got to do vice versa the 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 21 year old isn't going to understand the 32 year old you know a completely different thing i've been seeing so many videos on instagram of uh You know, like I'm getting out of bed in my teens, jump right out of bed, getting out of bed in my 20s, slowly getting out of bed, getting out of bed in my 30s. Oh, my God, my back's cracking. I can't stand up. (laughs) I think I slept wrong last night. (laughs) It's so funny how things change as you get older. With with kind of this general group of everybody.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, but that's what we're here to do, Sean. We're here to go against the grain. We're not getting older. We're getting younger here on the how to hobby platform. (laughs) I mean, come on! With these foods that we're about to dive into tonight, it, you, our minds are ready to take on the week. We've got power. I, I can I can hit the hit the wattage on the bike. I mean, I, you got to have the the core in check, ladies and gentlemen, or it's just not going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
0: that's what this series is going to be about. Uh, you know, we talked about the mind. If you didn't hear our last two episodes? Please take a take a line back. You know, don't don't even start here. We'll start here and then go back to the other two episodes because they were all about how to get going in the year. Uh, and we are we are here again. Don't you fear, listeners, to bring you more? Sean, tonight's gonna be a, a fun night. We're gonna break down the pantry staples, fridge staples, and then some of our favorite culinary tools to really shape the food we're talking about here and it's just going to be an overall fun experience. There's a lot happening though, in the, in the world that we need to discuss, Sean. I mean, you turn 28, I'm in my thirties and there's not really much of a difference, right? I mean, this is, this is something (laughs) we're,
1: we're still the boys. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I'm excited to talk tonight about food. One, because food is a massive, important thing in my life. I love food. I always have loved food. But also, I think it's going to be really cool because we have two very different backgrounds when it comes to I feel like food and fitness where I come from a a family that was raised on very unhealthy food and I've had to journey into trying to cook better things, eat better, do better for myself. Whereas I feel like you were lucky enough to start a lot younger in that journey of, you know, being fitter than I am, you know, like, you know, having access to those kinds of foods and and the mindset. So I'm excited to talk about it because I feel like in some of the things we've listed out, there's going to be some backstories that we each have of why we like those things or why that we keep them in our pantries at all times that uh, I think are going to be a really cool glimpse into our backgrounds for the listeners.
0: That's That's so great. And I think that is something this podcast has highlighted for both of us the differences in our upbringing and our mentality. But at the same time, we're on the same similar trajectory, trying to find nominal for both of us. And we kind of Mm -hmm. are converging on the same point, which is really cool. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about, you know, maybe things we're implementing in 2023 versus the past. And that's what makes us so fun is we're constantly growing as people. We're constantly growing in our understanding of how our bodies react to certain things. And unfortunately there is a side of food that as our processes continue to get more and more refined in the food industry, there's a potential that that refinement, that additional refinement is going to negatively impact your body. And this is just something that we have to understand. Like it's an ongoing dynamic relationship between our food and again, we're always people are always trying to cut costs more and more and more. And that means you're getting a worse product. So we're we're not gonna dive completely into that. That's almost like a whole other deal, but there will be a little bit of that laced in, listeners. So we hope you stick around. Before we dive into it, we're gonna dive into our favorite aspect to start the show, which is social media. We gotta we gotta plug the podcast. If you are enjoying what you're hearing so far, please leave us a five-star review wherever you're digesting this content. We'd appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button and get get the bing, the bell toll every time we launch our new episode every Friday. You can mark your calendars. Friday morning, How To Hobby Podcast, new content every single week. And we have a website howtohobbypodcast.com and that's where you can find a lot of our uh peripheral content we have some photos on there we've got some things we've done some bios and it's a great way to keep in touch with us we have big plans for the website we haven't really gotten completely up and rolling on them yet this year but we're going to uh as we move into the year push forward and make that a make that a focus it's a focus goal uh, and then we have a Gmail account, which that's a direct connect right into our ear or our eyeballs. And right our into mind. my phone. Right <laughs> into my phone.
1: If you if you want me to sit here and see your name pop up on my phone, send me an email,
0: please. That's right. And that is howtohobbypodcast at gmail.com. Get right into Sean's phone and he'll let me know. I don't have... I mean, come on. I have i'm john power (laughs) uh and then we do have a twitter and an instagram at how to hobby podcast those are in the work i mean that's like that's like the last (laughs) if there's like the edge of the cliff (laughs) those are like uh, yeah those are those are on the edge those are on the outer rim right now we're 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 still working out that aspect but do not fear we have this content that's we're, we're still bringing it to you listeners so Without further ado, we're going to get into the, the segment tonight. Thanks for listening to our spiel and not fast-forwarding, but maybe you did. I mean, it's okay. But tonight, this is going to be all about our kitchen essentials. We're going to be breaking it down. Like, what is in the power kitchen versus what is in the Bennett kitchen? I, I cannot wait. I'm as excited as you are, listeners, to really dive in. So we're going to start off tonight with our pantry staples. And this can be anything. I mean, this is things that the way we're looking at it for Sean and I are things that we use every single day to really, again, bring us joy because that's what this segment's about. Food in general should bring you joy. Food should not be an experience where it's, ah, I have to eat rats. That's the worst. So hopefully we can kind of inspire you a little bit. I'm sure your food's different than Sean and I. And that's okay. But the idea here is we just want to get around this idea of positivity regarding ingesting wonderful food. It's and hopefully digest it. Yeah. <laughs> I I I do hope so. I think
1: there can be sometimes a negative stigma around the foods that we eat because there's a lot of shame sometimes in oh I shouldn't be eating this. I feel bad for eating this or Oh, you know, this didn't really taste that good, but I'm hungry anyway, so I'm just gonna go ahead and eat it. And I think looking at food as what really what food is intended to do it is intended to fuel you. Like, you know, there's that phrase, "If you live to eat versus you eat to live." And I like to live in the middle. That's my ideal. I like to eat the foods that are good for me, that give me the vitamins and nutrients that I need, but also I take my time and I learn how to cook stuff so it tastes good. You know, ah. I want to enjoy my food from the tools that you Go. use to the the way that you cook it, everything. It's so important. So I, I love finishing a meal, looking back and going, man, that was really, really good. I would do that again. I think that is such a fulfilling feeling, especially meals aren't usually easy. I mean, I'm, they're not going to say they're all hard, but... A lot of the meals that I make generally can't be whipped together in a few minutes. It, it takes a little bit of prep work, time, cutting, and to being put all that work in and then end with a really delicious meal. It's so satisfying. And for me, therapeutic, what about for you?
0: Oh, I agree, man. I am like, I am guilty as charged for making 30 minute meals almost every time. Mm -hmm. My, my wife is, she, she almost forbids me from She'll, she'll literally make comments. Sometimes now you're not going to make your, your whole thing. Are you, (laughs) (laughs) your your whole thing? That's awesome. (laughs) Because I, I just can't help it when, and this is the other thing too, to, to tally onto that and really, and tally ho along with that, Sean, because when I'm at work, I can't, I don't have my tools. I don't have, Mm -hmm. I am very efficient at work. I just want to like, keep working not really focus on prepping anything. Like I don't even want to throw anything in the microwave at work. I'm like a straight up, just bring it in the fridge and then just eat it. Like what, whatever mm-hmm. like, I, I should, again, it still brings me joy. You can find things and I can dive into that a little bit. But, um, for the most part, when I'm at home is when I really, I got all the tools at my fingertips and I'm going to take my time. Cause I only get so many meals a week at home and it should be a joyful experience. And just, Playing around, having having fun, you know, really figuring out how to do it better. So I'm with you 100. percent This is oh so good already. So we're gonna start off. I'm gonna start us off tonight. I have some pantry staples that I keep, and and it's sort of in the in the grain slash bean category. This is a little three for a three hit combo, and these are something that I always have on hand if i don't have them or if i'm running out i always pretty much have it on the list to get and uh that's cashews flax seeds and quinoa and i don't know something about one i think out of out of all three out of all three of them i'm using cashews and flaxseed the most And I typically put those in yogurt or just eat cashews by the handful because they're so, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're so (laughs) delicious. Um, one thing I have realized this year though, Sean, and I told you, uh, I had, I was having a little bit of some stomach related issues and I've had to go back and look through, you know, the foods I'm consistently eating and, and what, how that's making me feel because at some point over the last six months, something got out of whack. I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever had that happen. Yep. Um
1: yeah, I 100% like the there's like a seasonal change that I've experienced sometimes where you know some foods go out of season, some foods come into season and there's something changes and you don't know what it is, but you start realizing like okay, I'm eating something or drinking something that is just messing with my system and if I don't phase things out or phase certain things in or try and figure out what's going on you're just living life with it kind of sucking of just some something in the back of your mind that always is like oh i know i'm gonna eat this i know i'm gonna feel bad in a couple of hours or i'll need to use the restroom or whatever it is i mean yeah it sucks feeling off and sick like that
0: yeah and it's it it was definitely it has been something that over the cup it has been coming to a the forefront And I don't quite, you know, I'm still kind of trying to understand and and dial the routine again, because that's the other thing too. You, maybe you try something out and you know, we're always, again, we said it at the beginning of the show, right, Sean, we're always trying to dial in what we're doing. And now having kids, there is a definite sense in which there's less time for me. Like Mm -hmm. it's more about, and when they were young, especially like as infants, my routine goes out the window. You know, I have to kind of pick my moments of when I'm with them, when I'm being dad, when I'm in dad mode, it's like, it's all about them. It's all about getting them dialed in and really yep. giving them the forefront of my attention. And therefore the less attention goes to me. So that's been something I've had to understand a little bit better. And yeah, I think, I think I'm dialing it in as far as I'm, I'm re-evaluating kind of the staples. So this is actually perfect. I'm that we're having this uh, this segment tonight, but um, yeah, these these three not to get completely off topic are I I love cashews, but that's actually one of the foods that I'm dialing back because it was something I was having every day, and mm-hmm. I it's I think it's one of those are the things I'm looking at the things I'm having every single yep. day. Okay, maybe I do that less. You know, like every other day or every three days because you write the things that we like they're You love them and you <laughs> you want to eat a lot of them, <laughs> but there's probably a level which there's too much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree, especially with nuts. And that's one of those things you have to be careful. I've run into this where I, I may or may not have had an experience where I ate too many pistachios and then... Let's just say it was a hard time using the restroom for a few days <laughs> <laughs> and I regretted that. That was as a kid and I still to this day, I'm semi-scarred because I won't mm. eat more than two or three pistachios at a time because of an experience that I had when I was a kid. But you do have to be careful with, with the nuts because it can yeah. mess with your digestive system. I currently have something in my pantry that I don't normally get to have year-round. Um,
0: and Ooh. it's wasabi
1: covered wasabi-covered peanuts. So I, I have kind of a long story with these because there used to be a farmer's market at my middle school. It was only there for one year. The district thought it would be a good idea to have a farmer's market come once a week. And it was honestly really cool as a kid because you could for like six bucks, you could go and get wasabi covered peanuts, a lemonade and a honey, a honey stick. Um, for like six, six or seven bucks. And it was amazing because every Thursday I look forward to it and I love getting those wasabi covered peanuts. And they're basically peanuts covered in a wasabi shell. So it's kind of like a crunchy shell surrounding a a peanut. Uh, and I, I, I just have such a memory of, of middle school, 12, 13, year old me running around eating these peanuts and I, I loved them and then the farmer's market went away and i couldn't find them anymore nobody carried them and i was going to to asian markets like 99 ranch h mart i was going to everywhere i couldn't find them turns out that they're mainly a uh food market thing like a farmer's market so you kind of have so to go search
0: out sprouts can you find these at sprouts or is it even i that
1: I haven't been able to find them anywhere other than farmers markets and one store in in julian i actually went out there last week with my brother found i bought their entire supply of wasabi covered peanuts (laughs) because (laughs) i was like these are hard to get but the reason i wanted to make sure they're on the list is they're a kind of weird extravagant treat that when i find them i have to have them because the amount of joy that these, mm. this simple snack brings me. And yes, they're not, I, I don't need a whole lot because they're wasabi. So they give you that nice spicy kick. They're peanuts. So you can't eat too much anyway. But like I visibly remember smiling like four or five times in the last week when I go, Oh, I'm kind of hungry. Oh, <gasps> I have wasabi covered <laughs> peanuts because it's something I don't normally have. So I recommend oh, to awesome. anyone out there. To If you can keep it as a staple, find something that keeps you happy and keep it, you know, like you with cashews or your flax seeds, your quinoa. If it's something you can't find, really, you know, uh, savor it when you do have it. Like for me, it's wasabi covered peanuts. I, well, anytime I have them, I love eating them and I will forever cherish them and they bring me so much joy. I keep them as often as I can.
0: That's so great. And you know what I've been really craving, Sean? I don't know if you've been to Underbelly in mm-hmm. San yep. Diego. Yep, get some good ramen. Oh, some good ramen but the wasabi (laughs) egg man
1: the no i've never had that
0: you haven't had that it comes so if you get the ramen bowl it doesn't come in every ramen bowl but the ones that do come with the egg okay it's a wasabi egg so it's a fermented boil soft boiled egg dude I can't believe. Okay, it. I must have.
1: I must have missed out on the bowls must, that have this.
0: I've, you must I've have never had blacked it. Blacked out or thought it was so amazing. <laughs> but I have been craving this egg because it's so. It's like you know how it's just slightly sweet wasabi. Mm-hmm. It's got like that yep. slight sweetness, but then the fermented taste. Like it's like the. It's this perfect balance. Well, mm. dude, I was so, I was so wanting. Or my my grammar is getting terrible right now. I was so He's looking so forward to having a real wasabi egg that when I went to New York, I went to a ramen place with my buddy. Well, it wasn't even close. The <laughs> egg wasn't even close. It and it was cut. And that's where I uh, the the uh-huh. one from underbelly is a straight up whole egg. You have to okay. bite into it. It's just unbelievable. We need to get ramen from this place when I come back. We next. do. Hundred percent. We are. I'm calling you up we're going to ramen on your belly you got it it's this year because i want to see your the look on your don't have it don't have it until <laughs> i get okay. to see the look on your face You got when it. when you have this wasabi covered or this was wasabi fermented egg oh let's go wasabi i'm in it i i love wasabi i grew up eating wasabi all the
1: time. And this leads into a staple like your cashews, flax, kimos. I always have in my cabinet. I have always had in my cabinet my entire life up until now. And I will always have it in my cabinet for the rest of my life. And that is high quality, good Jasmine rice. I Ooh. coming from having been born in Japan. I lived there for four years. My parents lived there for six years. They were very, the Japanese culture was very ingrained in my youth growing up. And so we would eat a lot of sushi and because it's an easy starch that you can make and can be flavored in so many different ways, we would always have white rice. I grew up with it. I've shifted a little bit until I really like jasmine rice. I like the kind of floral sweetness that comes with jasmine, but I've perfected the jasmine that we have. We buy it all the time. Uh, You know... Make sure you wash it beforehand. It's a a one-to-one-and-a-half ratio, not a one-to-two like the package says. I actually found that adjusting away from the package made it a little bit better. Um, So, yeah, but I always have jasmine rice. Honestly, I would say I probably include jasmine rice in three to four meals a week on average because it's such an easy thing Mm. to make. I've perfected making it, and I really love doing some soy sauce, some wasabi on top. Or, you know, glazing some of the sauce from the meal, whether it's a roast or it's a pan seared pork chop with like a mushroom sauce, pour that over the rice. I always keep rice in my pantry. It's it's so funny sometimes, like when I bring friends or family over that aren't with us all the time and we, we make two or three meals in a row and every single one has rice <laughs> and they're like, what? Why are we eating so Sean, much rice? This I'm is ti- weird. I'm
0: tired of rice. <laughs> Stop. Give me some of the goods. Just Pour me I, a glass of wine. I Come oh, on.
1: I love rice. We always have soy sauce in the house. We always have rice in the house. I love jasmine rice, and I'll always keep it in my pantry.
0: That's great. So this is another one. Speaking of joy, for, my, for myself, is actually the standard popping corn. So not... I say popping corn because it's not the bag of popcorn. You have to get the actual bag of like Amish corn and make it on the stovetop. And I've been doing this over the last, since last year, I started um, with the kids. Actually, you know what? It's been a year and a half now or more. <laughs> Jeez, I'm I'm losing track, but I perfected it. That's the thing is now I know okay. the exact ratio. So I do about a quarter cup at a time. It kind of works perfect for our you can either do it's usually like quarter cup income increments. So quarter, half, but mm-hmm. I do quarter. And the thing, dude, I read it in it's in um Marcus Aubrey Marcus's book. He talks about mm-hmm. making popcorn from scratch. Yep. And man, I that's actually when I got I read that in twenty twenty, and that's when I started doing it, man. And it is so he, and he always recommended. So pretty much after you pop the corn, which there is a definite recipe to it. I, I have the correct one. You know what? I'll link it in the show notes because it's it's specific listeners. You don't want it burnt. You want it perfect. So once I pop it, it's perfect. I dump it in the bowl. But then the perfect, this is the part that I've been creating, like getting better and better. Is you let you let the pot sit there off the heat for, I don't know, two minutes or so. And then that's when you add a tablespoon of butter um, to to the pot and let it spin and get all melted and you douse it. I do salt first, like while I'm mm-hmm. letting that happen. I salt the popcorn, real kosher salt, and then I put the butter over the top. Oh. And we had, we had that last week and then you shake it, of course. And it is just, I don't, oh, it is so good. <laughs> I mean, especially, this is the thing, after a meal, this is mm-hmm. like the finisher. You you make this after you've had dinner, and it just, like with a movie or with, you know, just kind of encapsulates the moment perfectly. The kids love it. I love it. I mean, it's, my wife loves it, I hope. I mean, it's just an enjoyable experience. So, yeah, talk about joy. Anything yeah, else? It sounds Bennett,
1: amazing. Oh yeah. No, it's it sounds amazing before you move on. Like it sounds so good. My dad has always been one who makes the bagged popcorn. So growing up to me, that's what popcorn meant was the bagged popcorn. But I feel like doing it that way and actually having a hand in the process of using the oil, pouring it in the pan, heating it up, getting that temperature right, getting it cooked right, then putting the butter in. Like I feel like that is that adds so much to it, rather than just sticking a bag in the microwave and turning it on, that uh, I'm kind of jealous. I've I've never really tried doing actual popping popcorn, uh, but salt and butter over popcorn it sounds fantastic right now. I'm actually kind of hungry.
0: <laughs> well, so, I'll do. Yeah. I'll link it in the show notes, listeners, for you and Sean. My my popcorn that I get, I've I found this on Amazon, and I get it. it's called the. It's by this uh it's called amish country popcorn and man it is good stuff highly recommend not and again that's the thing is it's pretty cheap like for the amount you get it's pretty it's it's reasonable and i'm all about reasonable cheap value pack let's go let's just sing popcorn's praises tonight and what kind of oil do you use Oh, this is the best part. Do you part. use an oil
1: or you just put it in know you. Okay. you do have to
0: use an oil. I actually use coconut oil for, for the higher melt uh, burn point. Okay, and okay. And the residual sweetness of the oil as well. So it's like, it's a double... Oh, dude. Yeah, so I do... I need to come over to your place and you need to make popcorn because that sounds fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's been coming out pretty well, man. I'm not going to lie. I might, I'll probably, I, it's usually a weekend thing. So, and you just keep it in the big, we just have those big, um, XO, uh, containers that are like air sealed, airtight. Mm-hmm. You just throw mm-hmm. it in there and then pop it in and yeah, it just stays in there all year. I mean, it's great. So yeah, no, you do need, you need to come over, come back to AZ yeah. anytime.
1: It sounds it sounds good Uh, because I remember going to movies like popcorn has such a tie to me to movies, drive ins, because that was, you know, you'd go to the movies, you get popcorn, you go sit there and you eat it. We didn't have popcorn in the house much growing up. Most of the time, if my dad had popcorn, it was like a once in a blue moon type thing. And he was the only one that was allowed to eat it. So I didn't really (laughs) have it growing up. So to me, I think that would be really cool to have a hand in what you're cooking, to intentionally choose your products too. And I think this this plays really well when it comes to intentionality when you are cooking and when you're choosing your pantry supplies because going with coconut oil, there's so many other oils that you could use, but you specifically chose that one for very specific reasons. You've workshopped it out, you've practiced with it, you know what you like. I really like the Kirkland olive oil. I love Kirkland Mm. olive oil. I always keep that in my pantry because to me, it's the best flavor It's the best bang for your buck. It's so Mm. good. I cook with it all the time. I make every, almost every meal I make. If it requires oil, I use the Kirkland olive oil, uh, you know, and that's, it's a really high quality oil too. You can actually read about it. I think, or is in the podcast can't remember for them. Salt, fat, acid, heat, um, she talked a lot about the Kirkland olive oil. It's actually a very high-quality olive oil made in Italy uh, that they ship out. Uh, the only key is you have to eat all of it before it starts going bad. But I love experimenting with different oils. I've been really experimenting lately because of a, my current favorite product that we'll talk about later. Uh, different with different oils from vegetable to canola to peanuts, uh, olive oil, uh, rapeseed oil. Like I've been experimenting and, dude. Kirkland olive oil, it just hits like no other oil that I have.
0: It's such an aromatic-smelling oil when you heat it up. Interesting. That is – well, and I'm so glad you brought up olive oil because I think this is one of the products that people misinterpret. They misunderstand what olive oil is. I think it's one of those things Mm -hmm. where, you know, our parents – they were, it was kind of under the, they were under the impression where it's like, Oh, I have this really nice bottle of olive oil. Oh, I use it once every year. And it just sits <laughs> in the pantry. And, and that was the first thing that when I started getting into cooking, realizing, Oh no, <laughs> you're going through like a liter of olive oil every two weeks. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is some I serious. I go through so,
1: so much olive oil. It's crazy, but it's so good for you. It is. Uh, it's fantastic if you don't burn it obviously almost all of the oils if you get them to a point where you're starting to burn it you're you're starting to create kind of carcinogenic compounds and things that aren't really good for you to eat but if you keep it right below that smoke point it's so good and you can do anything with it you can make eggs fish bacon you know i mean like bacon bits i really like to add a little bit of olive oil to the bacon bits to give them a little bit of that uh oil back in as they heat up in a pan like Oh, I, I love it, but you do have to commit. You have to know I'm going to use this in a lot of my meals for a while because you can't let it go bad. But yeah, Kirkland olive oil. It's so good.
0: I love it. And, and listeners, if you have a bottle of olive oil on your, in your pantry that you haven't been using, crack that bad boy open and start using it because this is something that was meant to be used. And it does really add something to your food. And health-wise, like there's, there are definite benefits. It's a very good fat. It's a very healthy fat. And uh, so yeah, if, if up you know this is one where I would definitely pinpoint as like, if you're not using this one, take a look at it. Start using it. Start toying with it. And it's it's gonna unlock some new levels of cooking in your life. I'm glad you brought it up, Sean uh there's actually so as far as snacks we don't have a ton of snacks in the power household but one of the things that i really that we we actually as a family we call them crack chips because (laughs) they they go i mean i I, it's like by tuesday they're gone um and they are the yellow corn organic yellow corn tortilla chips from from trader joe's oh I don't know if you've ever had them, Sean.
1: I have. I have. They're delicious. They're usually the chip they do samples on. If your Trader Joe's is doing some sort of samples, I don't know if they still do them anymore in some cities with, you know, COVID. Yeah, they they just started back up. Okay, yeah. They started here too. So I didn't want to I didn't want to assume that other people were. But yeah, a lot of the times when they do the salsa or they do the dips or things like that that was the first time i ever had the organic yellow corn tortilla chips was they were doing a pre-mixed like bruschetta and something mixed together with like feta cheese and they had them on those tortilla chips and i ate it i immediately went and grabbed a bag and bought it because (laughs) they're so good
0: yeah it this is and i sorry they're actually the white corn tortilla chip version okay okay and it's a pound bag that's the cool thing it's trader (laughs) joe's They give you, they don't, they don't skimp you. Like it's a pound of chips and it's a reasonable price. They're like $2.99 or yeah, $2.99 a bag for a pound of tortilla chips. Anyway, um, yeah, that, that is a staple in the power pantry for everyone. I mean, the kids love them. I love them. We can't keep them on the, we can't keep them in the pantry. So try them out listeners. Um, Oh, and then I have, I have. Oh, looks like you have one more, Sean. So you can, you can go next, and then I'll, I'll finish up.
1: Yeah, yeah. My last staple I've been experimenting a lot with lately is tea. Uh, I've been oh. experimenting with different kinds of tea. I know so. You were asking the two of us. John is definitely the more experienced when it comes to tea because he's been drinking tea a lot longer. I think he knows what he likes, <laughs> what he doesn't like. I'm still new to the world of tea. I'm really big about coffee. So that's where I have coffee focused time. a lot of my drink expert, you know, connoisseur stuff in the last five years has been in coffee. But I decided on a whim, I looked up can you make tea with your coffee? <laughs> <laughs> and so I've been I've been brewing my coffee onto tea bags, and experimenting with that. It's so like tonight I'm actually right now drinking uh, decaf coffee that I steeped with a juniper berries and peppermint and spearmint bag. Uh, last night I did more of a vanilla anise. Um, kind of caramely flavored tea. So I'm kind of experimenting and seeing what I like and adding a little bit of honey, a little bit of creamer and trying to to play around with the flavors. But uh, nice. we like growing up, we've always had tea in the house, but it was generally tea that was saved for when you were sick. It wasn't, we're going to drink tea because we want to drink tea. It was, oh, you have a sore throat, you have a cough, drink some tea with some honey. So I'm trying to get a more nuanced understanding of tea and the, the different temperatures of water, the steep times. I'm kind of tweaking some of my coffee knowledge into the tea world. So I'm, I'm almost, I'll eventually be there with you, John, on knowing what I like.
0: No, I think you're, you're off to a great start. I've actually never done this, but it sounds super interesting to me. Uh, what is your decaf coffee you're using? Uh.
1: I'm not sure. I'll have to let you know. It's okay. it's it's in a Keurig, so it's a pre box. I just oh, can't remember gotcha. the brand. I think I it's a curious. decaf. Yeah, I think it's a decaf Pete. So my caffeinated coffee is my French press. I've got the grinder yeah. set up. I have everything, but I don't have an ability to get decaf beans and caffeinated beans, and with just I, the limited equipment I, that I have. So I have a Keurig that I have set up that will do the decaf coffee, and then I have my. Uh, French press and you know, my really nice grinder and stuff set up to you, my regular caffeinated coffee. So it's not the best quality because it's just Keurig, but it works for me because I don't want to get separate equipment to handle decaf coffee.
0: Yeah, no, I was I was curious because I've been doing decaf every usually on the weekends, like maybe I used to when I was younger, I didn't drink coffee at all. I started drinking mm-hmm. coffee later on in life. Uh, and I think you know this about me, Sean. but yeah, in college when we were at state was when I, and when, when I started, when I got married, that's pretty much when I started drinking <laughs> coffee. Cause mm-hmm. I just was not a, I didn't, was never a part of my routine. And, but then when I got married, I have a wife and, uh, oh my gosh, I have a wife and she wants to drink coffee. So I said, okay, sounds good. And it's great. But um, now we have, I bought her for uh, her birthday two, two years ago. I bought her the Nespresso, Mm. and they can actually do decaf uh, pods, or they do decaf pods, and it's actually like pretty good quality. And I've been, every once in a while, on a weekend, like a Sunday afternoon, I'll just throw one of those in there. It's really good, man. I I don't know. That sounds funny, but I like the taste of coffee, so it's kind of-
1: It, it's it's there are two reasons to drink coffee. I'm trying to get caffeinated, or I like the flavor. And a shocking amount of people like this is why Starbucks, in my opinion, exists as a business as large as they are. Is generally people don't like the taste of coffee; they just want the caffeine. They want the effect the coffee brings. So you see Starbucks with all of their super high sugar, you know, floofy Dude. drinks with lots of cream and flavoring, and so you basically don't even know you're drinking coffee. It's just basically a milkshake that has caffeine in it. I really <laughs> like the flavor of coffee. This is why I like Phil's coffee because they do espresso. You can actually taste the flavor. You know you're drinking coffee. So I love decaf, a little bit of honey, a little bit of milk or cream. And then you actually still get to taste the coffee. It's such a good way to end an evening, a couple, t- couple of nights a week. I'll Even if I decide to splurge, I'll get a little bit of uh, the whipped cream and I'll put it on top. Uh, If I want to be fancy about it, but I I love ending a night with a good warm cup of decaf coffee, especially if I've decided to sit outside with a cigar around a campfire. Like you have a cigar, I can't a fire in front of me and a warm cup of decaf in my hand. You, I cannot be happier. That that is the best night that I could possibly have.
0: (laughs) I'll just switch out that decaf for a nice beer, and and we're talking. No, that's great, Sean. I, I definitely can. I mean, it's, we haven't drank enough coffee together. This is, this is a, I mean, we, we did at work, but you know, at work it's what I really like to do is, and that's probably my favorite thing about coffee because it started with community. I just yep. did it. Cause my wife wanted to have a coffee buddy and I was like, well, you're, you're my forever coffee buddy. So, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm right here. And it, it turned out that I I enjoyed it, you know, and I think it's mm-hmm. also because I started later on in life. I had already developed kind of the beer palate. I developed yep. like, so there was never that sense. Now I did when I was younger. I would get the frappuccino or the Java chip. Hilariously, have you ever <laughs> looked at how much sugar is in those Starbucks drinks? Haven't ever Dude,
1: even wanted to know.
0: It's like sixty grams <laughs> at the minimum. You can go up to like a hundred. It's yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, uh, I digress. My final staple, Sean. Clearly, we like coffee, and that wasn't even on our 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 staple here. But uh, that's that goes without saying. We we like our coffee. Yeah, it's always um, in the pantry, no matter what. <laughs> um, sweet potato. This is oh. one where I just and we talked about it a little bit before the show, but it's the the diversity, whether it's with whether you're roasting it or um, in the oven or sautéing it or well to get it like, you know, within like kind of a soup type style, um, get it nice and soft or what I do a lot, Sean, this is like my, my cheat. And it's kind of funny because I do this with both quinoa and sweet potato, but I'll cook it. Like I'll cook a decent amount, maybe three potatoes beginning of the week. And and then throughout the week, I'll just throw it into whatever I'm kind of sauteing. I'll just kind of cut it's already Ooh. been it's already been roasted in the oven. A whole sweet potato. Like I'm not peeling mm-hmm. it, I'm not doing anything. I'm leaving the skin. Okay. okay. And I'm just getting it soft inside. But then then I throw it in the in a Tupperware in the fridge and I just have it. So if I want a little bit of like sweet in my savory, I'll just cut up a little bit of the sweet potato dice it up and kind of it's soft so it's kind of like it more easily incorporates with the dish it's interesting like it kind of like the sugar already kind of comes out very easily so i just throw it on after i've already cooked most of the the veggies or whatever i'm i'm cooking i'll just kind of heat it up with everything and i'm I'm telling you man
1: I cannot believe that I've never thought about doing this, but that is brilliant. Like I'm sitting here dumbfounded because that's such a good idea. Because it's easy to cook them in the oven, especially whole, just throw them in the oven, you know, scrub them, rinse them, put them in the oven. <laughs> but man, that sounds like such a good way to incorporate it because I I always wait until the day of and I'm like, oh man, I should I should take sweet an potato. Hour. You know, and it takes an hour if you're making it whole. If you even if you chop it up. And you, you know, put 20 it minutes. all, you know, some olive oil, garlic, salt, and pepper. It's still not a necessarily easy dish to make. You can just throw it in the oven, but still like it takes a long time to cook potatoes and especially sweet potato to get them into that caramelized kind of mallard reaction. It gives them all of that sweetness and flavor. But man, that's so smart to pre cook them at the start of the week and then incorporate them into your meals throughout the
0: week. That's brilliant. I, I, stealing, it. I am stealing that. <laughs> Steal I am that stealing one. that. Some people prep chicken. I prep sweet potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, it's... I'm telling you. And honestly, man, it, this sounds so just glutton. Just, but I will straight up come home from work, get off the bike, and be, if before I even like throw them on anything, they'll be cold, and I'll just slice a couple ribs right off and throw them right in my mouth
1: oh cold what what a brilliantly healthy (laughs) what a brilliant healthy way to get that good carbohydrates and the good sugars and things I mean we're supposed to be eating those kinds of foods we're supposed to be eating carbs we're supposed to be eating sugar just just the problem we run into now is it's so much at once but what a brilliant way I've I've worked i've done some exercise i've worked out i rode my bike pop a couple of bites of sweet potato you're getting the carbs the sugars the protein i don't know if it's protein but the everything in there I mean, it sounds it's close (laughs) yeah it's it sounds brilliant
0: and you are getting a little bit there's benefits to the skin as well and the skin Mm -hmm. actually tasted really good post like uh, oven roasting i mean it's uh, don't, don't do you, do you rub them to olive oil or anything or just no, put them dude, straight in the oven? Straight up. Just, I just have a pan. Oh. I lay down some parchment paper and don't even think about it. Hour okay. in the oven, poke them with the fork. I do, I do poke them prior, okay. but yeah, I, 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 leave it so that they can, the other thing is like, it's a really good cheat, uh, hack if you say you're say again, cause this is some of the things we have to do as, as parents, but like, you just have a rough day. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh man, what are we gonna do? Well, if you have these already pre-cooked, you can literally just like throw them in the microwave, heat them up, and then cut them in half, and then you have like a sweet potato and then get a protein on the on the like half a half a sweet potato, some grains or or some veggies, and then like a protein is actually a really good meal. So anyway, it's it's just like it's like a safety button, you know. Yeah,
1: Ish. that's that's re- you always have a backup no matter what. It's also good, even if you're not parents. Sweet potatoes are fantastic for dogs. By the way, I don't know what cats. Oh, but I know for dogs <laughs> they are fantastic. It's actually a really common uh, natural treat that you can do, and you can do uncooked or cooked. Um, you know, we've done it sometimes, or maybe our dog isn't feeling very well, and so we'll incorporate some sweet potato to give her some of that fiber. That's the other thing that comes from potatoes that fiber. Yes. uh It can be really good for your dogs. So, Interesting. Uh, if it, yeah, it's one of the things that it's good for you and it's good for your your dog too. So, uh, I I always the dog. Have... It's
0: good for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, I always have sweet potato on the house. I just usually peel them, cut them up, dice them, throw them in the oven. So now I need to do a whole one and prep it ahead of time. That's really smart.
0: Yeah, and let me know what you think. I, I'm interested. I'm glad you. I I appreciate all the positive affirmation on it. I. I, I, it's just something that my kids started enjoying and then I started thinking about it more like, whoa, what, why can't I just enjoy this too? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, well, let's move on to our favorite spices. I think this is going to be kind of fun. So, uh, we have some favorite spices listeners. This is sort of like a 2023 look back. What is something we, we use consistently that's not just the normal, like salt and pepper, we are under the pretense of use salt and pepper everything. So, um, yeah, definitely use salt and pepper. But this is outside of just the, the regular run of the mill. You're going to season your food. You should be seasoning your food. Please, season your please, food, listeners. Please,
1: for the love of God, season your food. And <laughs> I will admit I've learned this so hard. If you're pulling your recipes from Instagram – put more seasoning than they call for. I guarantee it oh. needs more seasoning. It has been some of the blandest white people food I've ever eaten off of Instagram. It's because been hysterical. It good, I know because it looks really appealing, but trust me, t- double, triple the amount of seasoning that the Instagram recipe will tell you and your food will be better. I'm telling you, it's always never enough flavor. I'm not
0: going to let an influencer influence my cooking <laughs> habits. They can show me a little bit of inspiration, but they're not going to... They're not going to tell me how to season my food. Get out of here.
1: My mom my mom cooks a lot of her food of inspirations from Instagram. so it's been hilarious when I eat with my parents and they are uh, it's a very flavorless meal sometimes so you oh, get good at, at jizzing things up after the fact, but <laughs> yeah it's well, been hysterical.
0: We'll speed this part up so <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, favorite spices. Sean, you want to go first?
1: Yep, uh, mine without question. Garlic powder, uh, it is. I think the most accessible spice for a lot of people. They sell it in gigantic jugs at Costco. I mean, more. It's it's a ridiculous amount of garlic powder for how much you pay for it. Um, it it's I I find that there are very very few meals that garlic powder doesn't enhance. There's very few where it takes away. I, I mean, you feel if it were like a peach cobbler, I don't think garlic powder worked very well with it, but almost every savory, every dish that I cook, I incorporate garlic powder. Sometimes I'll do crushed garlic or fresh garlic, but garlic powder is just sometimes easier to grab and sprinkle on. Yeah, but I mean, it's so versatile. You can make garlic bread, homemade garlic bread you out of a sourdough loaf. You can make uh, almost every... It's fantastic on sweet potatoes. I love salt, pepper, a little bit of garlic powder. Uh, Yeah, I use it probably three to four times a week. Um, Garlic's also really good for you in semi-moderation. But uh, yeah, so garlic powder is mine.
0: Yeah, garlic. This is going to be the garlic segment, listeners. I mean, spice-wise, there's nothing like garlic. I am an all-out. You always have raw garlic in your pantry selection, period. Um, But there has been a new addition to the garlic The garlic, I don't even know what what the word is. Your
1: your repertoire? Yeah, uh... yeah,
0: my repertoire. That's it, Sean. (laughs) Uh, And it is a new product from Trader Joe's. It surfaced last year, and it is their black garlic. Fermented black garlic. You can get it. It's $1.99. Actually, I think it's gone up. I think it's $2.99 now. Still a screaming deal. But this thing is, oh, man, listeners, if you haven't tried it, Go out and get yourself some. It's there. It's not missing. And it is good. This is something you I, can...
1: <laughs> I hadn't heard of it at all. So if anyone out there hasn't heard of it, don't feel bad. I hadn't heard of it. And I'm a foodie. So I actually looked up... It's it's not a new thing, but it's new to the U.S. It's only been in the U.S. for about 10, 10-ish 10 years. It was on a, a Top Chef cooking show back in like 2014. Uh, it was like one of the first times it really ever made it on TV. But... Uh, yeah, I had never even heard of it. So now, now I have to go to Trader Joe's to go pick some up. You can also get it on Amazon. It's essentially a way of drying and fermenting the garlic to give it more of that mallard reaction flavor to make it, you know, just more exotic.
0: Exactly, and that's pretty much the point. It's like you don't have to. This is something you can throw on at the end of your cooking process. It goes great with veggies, and it's just gonna really, really enhance that savory flavor profile and give it that little bit of umami. That's the buzzword that everybody uses when they're talking about food. But black garlic, that has been my product. I keep it. It's in the pantry all the time. I, I used it tonight. Uh, and it just hits. Um, throw it over an egg, over the top, do salt and pepper. You know, a little bit of pepper, a little bit of black garlic. Man, it is the finisher. I'm telling you. And don't forget your cilantro. All right. Let's <laughs> Let's let's jump right into our second portion of this episode. My goodness, Sean, we can just talk and talk and talk about food. I love it. But we're going to keep on going tonight with our fridge staples. So this is something that goes in the refrigerator when we say fridge. That was all just pantry. Can you believe it, listeners? I don't know. I don't know if I can. That was just pantry. But the fridge is also an important piece of technology that came out in the last... 50 years, and it is beautiful, (laughs) so we're going to use it tonight. One of the first things I pack every single week is yogurt. Um, I get the whole fat yogurt. I do not get reduced fat. The whole fat yogurt
1: is way better.
0: What is yogurt without fat? I mean, it's like guys. Agreed. It goes to our our,
1: uh, society's misunderstanding of fat and that it's actually not bad for us like we think it is where sugar is really the bad thing that's you know really ch- wrecking a lot of people's diets and stuff but fat whole fat yogurt is like chobani chobani is my favorite brand costco carry. I, I shop at costco a lot they carry a big thing of the f- the whole fat chobani greek yogurt oh, did they is... actually
0: did they yeah. did you know that the chobani is for the most part two percent yeah. Like the ones no, that you find it's... in the grocery store are two percent, but it blows my mind. I'm like, guys, you're supposed to be Greek yogurt. This is not Greek yogurt. It's two percent. Yeah, no, it's whole fat.
1: It's so good.
0: Oh man, dude. Well, that's that's great because I don't. That has been my biggest complaint about chobani in in the in the store. Is it's like where's the and it has the fruit already put in. I choose to put my fruit in my yogurt. Like I get my blueberries, I get my you know, everything else. And and by the way, this is another Trader Joe's product that I'm sourcing. It's a whole fat yogurt. It's like $1.99 or 2.99 for a for a, a huge pound of yogurt and no sugar. There's it's plain Jane. So you're not getting any of that stuff. You you can season it again and that's what i'm all about sean's kind of touched on it already like add your own touches like this is where i throw my flaxseed. this is where i add a little bit of granola or and or some blueberries or strawberries tomorrow i'll probably do um frozen uh, what do i have mango so sometimes i do like frozen mangoes and blueberries and it's just it's just a great way to to get some give give your body some things that it likes right off the rip. Great great breakfast, great early morning or late morning meal and it really gets me going. So, that's my first fridge staple.
1: It's it's also so good for your gut too with all the probiotics that yogurt gives you. It's such a good thing to do and even coming from someone who is lactose intolerant, yogurt is one of the few lactose products that actually helps me. It doesn't hurt my stomach. Um, Specifically, the Chobani whole fat that Costco carries the Greek yogurt. I don't really like I like the natural tang that Greek yogurt has. I don't like sweet yogurt because I also agree. I, I don't like when Chobani mixes all of their crazy sugary strawberries or whatever at the bottom. You know this is just not good. I like just regular yogurt and then I can add, you know, a little bit of peanut butter if i want sweetness i can add a little bit of the small chocolate chips um, to give a little bit of that crunch like i i i love yogurt
0: that oh i'm so glad yeah it's a it's a hit so another couple that i'll rattle off here because they kind of all go in the same category of things that i i source is actually diced cauliflower and cremini mushrooms that's kind of Those are things that I, when I'm making my meals over the weekend that I get to make these, I don't really make these for work or anything. It would take too much time. But when I have time to actually develop flavor, I've really been enjoying diced cauliflower on the bottom of various things, like as a breakfast. Again, Sean, we talked about breakfast being one of our favorite meals, but uh, having eggs over a couple veggies with some, I just feel like you can layer so many different flavors using a palette or a, a canvas like diced cauliflower because it's, Mm -hmm. it's very plain. It has very little flavor, especially when it's been diced. So you're able to like add the olive oil, add the salt, add the pepper. I throw black garlic on there and, and give it heat, like give it time to really break down and, and accept a lot of that flavor profile that you're Mm -hmm. trying to cover it with. And additionally, like, if you're doing, like, the post-hangover cure, uh, throwing, you know, some hot sauce on some of this stuff, adding some potatoes, like, you can just go. And that's the beauty. Again, it's just part of the the layering of flavors, and that's why I like bulk cauliflower and then mushrooms. Again, another, like, gut-healthy option for you. And as long as you eat them within time. Don't eat week-old mushrooms um i've done that it doesn't feel good um <laughs> so yeah just cutting cutting mushrooms i get like the hole because the hole actually stays it stays better like the pre the pre-cut i avoid because those only last for like a day to two days when you get them home i mean they've already yeah. been on the shelf for who knows how long by the time you get them home they're already like you have to slimy. like that night's
1: meal yeah, yeah that night's meal
0: so so avoid when I'm talking mushroom most of the stuff I get is always in its full form it's it's most raw almost like from the earth form where you have to de-stem it you have to cut it and that's just what I do I mean it's it's fun it takes a little bit more time and that's why my wife goes you're not doing your whole thing are you
1: <laughs> <sighs>
0: So yeah those are those are some three things I'm stocking every Every time I go to the store, Sean, rattle off some of your, some of your goods my, here.
1: Yeah. When, when you and I started talking about this and I started really thinking, what are the, the things in my fridge that really make me happy? I, I started realizing They're all breakfast items. Like every (laughs) – my favorite meal of the day has always been and will always be breakfast. So, you know, a lot of mine, uh, frozen hash brown patties uh, from Trader Joe's. You can get them from Trader Joe's or Albertsons. They're a little hard to find right now because, you know, there's a a potato shortage, same with eggs. But for me, like frozen hash brown patties, eggs – Make those in the morning, whether scramble omelet or, you know, over easy, over medium. I love them all Uh, peanut butter. I don't think I could survive life without peanut butter. I eat it almost every day. Um, I, I don't know why. But I have always loved a piece of toast with some peanut butter on it. Well, oh. if I'm ever in a bad mood, that is how you fix it for me. If, <laughs> if you're like Sean, you're just in a crap mood right now. We need we need to turn this around. Piece of toast with some peanut butter. I'm telling you, it it makes me smile. Ultimate. I actually just bought peanut butter from Costco today. Damn, I'm telling you, it's so good. And then,
0: oh, so so crunchy I, or creamy. I
1: prefer crunchy. But it's more expensive, and so I usually go with the creamy. I like the organic one from Kato um, because it's one of those where the oil separates and you, you have to mix it and keep it in the fridge. It's not like a, a Skippy or a Jiffy, uh, you know, that you yeah, just sit the skippy in the cupboard jiffy. for two years and you're totally fine. <laughs> yep, I agree. And so, because they have a lot of sugar in them too. That's a, like a lot of products nowadays have so much sugar in them that it's just... Like good Lord, but yeah, I love <laughs> like, you know, I do like <laughs> chunky, but I'm the, I'm the only one. <laughs> I'm the only one that likes chunky. No one else growing up has ever liked chunky. It's always been me. So we usually had creamy in the house. Um, so yeah, breakfast meals always stocked in my fridge. Even if I skip a dinner, like if I have to skip it, if I have to skip a meal of the day, it's going to be dinner. I will never, ever, ever skip breakfast except when I'm intentionally trying to fast. So there's a difference in like trying to do the intermittent fasting where I'm experimenting with how I feel in the morning. That's a little bit different and sometimes we'll skip breakfast. But for the most part, if I'm skipping a meal, it's not breakfast. I love breakfast, especially on the weekend, getting up and making a nice, hearty quote, American breakfast, you know, with maybe some pancakes, some eggs, bacon, sausage, uh, hash browns, something like that. I love, love those, uh, that yeah. if it's breakfast food, I'd probably keep it in my fridge.
0: Dude, I love it. And that, I, I know, I think that's kind of the, the meal that I've really hone in on as being the most, like the one I look forward to on the weekends. And that's why my mm-hmm. stuff as well, it's like kind of like yogurt fruit. Get that uh, get ready to throw some eggs together and and get it all going in the in the cast iron skillet, which we'll <clears throat> maybe talk about later. Um, some of my other ones that I have found because I've had to, it's not just all about breakfast for me. I've, I wanted to figure out how to do lunch better and how to make myself feel better throughout the day. When I'm at work, Sean, one of my big focuses is how do I keep myself feeling fueled, but also feeling Mm -hmm. good all day long and it's been something i've been looking into and really trying to ever since i started my career i i always said i don't want to just find myself sitting in my chair post el grande challenge and not being able to even function and or let alone work which can very easily happen in today's culture like we have a cafeteria on site so at my work which is great if you're in a jam it's wonderful but like you have to be so careful i can't do a full carbo load for lunch at work or i will not Mm -hmm. make it through the rest of the day so one of the things that i've um that i do is i we and we talked about this earlier too is i am a sandwich maker so i make sandwiches and you probably have seen me bring my sandwich to work but One of the things that I have added to my sandwich that always stays on is avocado. I have substituted avocado for cheese. I've never really been much of a, I like cheese on pizza. I like cheese on obviously like the savory foods that you kind of make and you get melted cheese. But it's just like a mainstay. Mm -hmm. I've never really been like, when I was little, I had a lot of cheese, but... I I think maybe that's where I got out of it because I ate so much cheese as a kid. And that was one of my, like, (laughs) all I ate foods. So then when I finally came out of being an adolescent and being like, oh, I can actually eat other foods rather than just cheese and crackers, I'm going to try other things. So avocado is one and oh my goodness, there's nothing like it, man. It's so good. So available. And gosh, I love it. So, and then, and then two more things that I'll kind of finish with is um, carrots, pe- pe- uh, peel baby carrots. I always enjoy as like a snack. Another kind of like enjoyment thing after I've gotten home from work. Typically, after I get off the bike from riding home from work, I have to eat for a long time mm-hmm. before I feel totally uh satisfied so (laughs) because i've had my full day of work and then i i I don't know i'm sure everybody has that but after then riding on top of being pretty hungry after being you know like finishing work and mentally tired then riding really hard to get home i i always kind of snack and then i have my meal like my actual full meal so i have to be careful Mm -hmm. because It's one of those times where I'm just like, ah, oh, I need food. <laughs>
1: so, I've I've been there. I've been there. It's really hard at that like because I usually get dinner about five thirty six. That four o'clock hunger mode. You have to be careful. You know, it's right after work right before you really start cooking dinner, it's too easy to go. Oh, yes. I'm just, I'll just have a little snack. And then you find yourself, Oh, I had too many yep. carrots or, or, you know, I went for a whole lava. I should have done a half. It's, it's really easy at that time to, uh, go to just overboard. snack. When you shouldn't be.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and I've even had to tell myself, okay, like snack a little bit, then cut it off and then start making dinner. Like it's, it's definitely important to have some boundaries there. And I agree with that. I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, even even like post exercise, like you just you you can't just let your hunger monster go go buck wild all the time. You gotta <laughs> you gotta rate yep. him in.
1: <laughs> yeah. If if you don't have a dinner planned or you know you're not gonna be having dinner for a few hours, it's a little easier, but it's too easy sometimes to to snack because it's convenient. I just got home from work and I just want some food. And then you're like, oh, I gotta cook for 30 minutes or an hour. Uh yeah, it's it's too easy to burn, burn through the snacks. <laughs> That's why they're like there it's important to have all of these staples in your pantry and your fridge, right? It's important to keep the things around you that keep you happy you know, I'm hungry. I want to go for a snack or I really craving some jasmine rice. I really want some wasabi covered peanuts. It's important to have these around, but it's also important to make meter yourself on a lot of this too, because it's too easy to go. Oh, I have a whole bag of wasabi covered peanuts. I'm going to eat the whole bag or I have, uh, I don't know. What's another snack that we've got. I mean, you're like, you're like, Oh, I'm really going to really hungry. I want some carrots. And all of a sudden you've eaten half a bag of carrots. And you're like, Oh God, what <laughs> did I do? So yeah, a no a lot of this also takes you know discipline like we've talked about so many things discipline and just knowing what's good the things you like make sure it's happy but you know keep keep it healthy
0: i i agree and thanks for bringing that up sean i think it's very important to to really dial in your 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 content uh what you're ingesting and and being again we talked about mindfulness in, in the last two episodes, but like setting up your mindset, your discipline regarding food is so important. So yeah, we, yep. we're, we're walking you through a lot of our staples, but like, yeah, this is something that you need to keep tabs on. I typically think about it. How did I do last night? Or how did I do tonight? Like after I'm done having a full night, how do I feel typically is what I ask. How do I... Um, Sometimes it's okay. You make mistakes, but, but tallying up at the end of the night, I find very helpful and not like a, a negative way. Like, Oh, I'm going to go hit the scale and I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm this or that, like, don't do that. Be productive about, well, I could have maybe not snacked prior and tomorrow I'll have better discipline when I get home from work and I'll, uh, you know, I'll do some physical activity prior, like tonight I went out, I did have some snacks, but then I went out with my kids and we all rode bikes for a bit. And then we came in and made dinner. So, you know, like finding things to keep your mind off of, not just going to the couch, sitting down, turning on the, the box or, or just looking at the cell phone and having a bag of chips. Like that's not going to be productive to your feeling. Like if you've done everything right up to the end, it sucks to ruin it at the at the end, right before you're about to go to bed. And that's what I find. I want, I want to run the race nice and even throughout the entire day and end off feeling good.
1: Yep. I absolutely agree. It's so important in all of this to feel good, focus on yourself. Like, like John's doing, I'm, I'm maybe I'm eating too many cashews. So I need to back off that for a while. Something's not right. Like I need to adjust based on my stomach, you know, having these things see seasons are a thing you know like we have to pay attention to our bodies and make sure you're enjoying what you're eating and that you're feeling good and if there's something you're eating you're not sure that it's actually reacting well with your stomach stop eating it you don't That's have right. to uh yeah so i i i love snacking i love having these things i love cooking i love food it's always been a huge part of my life and i don't I want food. that to change and so I've I've focused on finding healthier ways to incorporate these snacks in and focusing more on the meals I'm cooking. I went to Barnes & Noble today and bought a cast iron cooking book because I'm learning how to cook with my cast iron pot. I'm so interested in continually teaching myself how to do this stuff that I think everyone should be doing this because it's how you learn how to be better, learn how to be healthier and just enjoy life more. So um, if there's anything in your pantries or your fridges that we might have missed tonight send them in <laughs> which we we'd probably love did. to <laughs> yeah which wish we, we guarantee we did so
0: so different yeah
1: and and I think that's the coolest part especially people who grew up in different backgrounds or cultures than John and I did like what were the things you always had growing up were the things that your parents always kept in the fridge or always kept in the cupboard like for me always had soy sauce always had jasmine rice no matter what no matter how bad bills got, we always had those two things my whole life. So send them in. I'm super curious what other people have, and you know maybe maybe if you do a good enough job, we'll feature you in a future episode.
0: Love that, and we definitely will. So let's end off with a big bang here, Sean. Favorite treat. If you're just feeling feeling that urge, you wanna you wanna splurge, you want because it's not just about having utmost discipline at all times. You got to have those moments of letting go and enjoying something that just isn't that great for you. So what is your, what is your treat?
1: Chocolate chip cookie dough, hundred <laughs> percent without question. I'm not so much an ice cream fan anymore, but toll house, or even one of the local smart and final had a brand that you could actually eat it frozen. You didn't have to or eat it cold oh. refrigerator or frozen. You didn't have to cook it first, but yeah, good old chocolate chip, warm chocolate chip cookie dough coming out of the oven. Nothing can beat that for me.
0: Mm, that is a good one. I am like uh, a man of simple pleasures. I just like a little bit of dark chocolate. And that's kind of... But but like the solid, my... Again, I'm kind of a Trader Joe's truther. I don't know if you've been able to tell listeners. But Trader Joe's has this bar of dark chocolate. It's called Dark Chocolate Lovers. And it's like a 70% uh, cocoa content. And man, it's just... Just hits a spot. Very low sugar. Very, but kind of hits my palate today. Isn't? I'll be honest with you, Sean. I've I've really done. I've realized that I'm not as into just the up up. And I think this is this is where my upbringing comes into it. I'm not as pre-programmed to enjoy the sweets. Like I don't necessarily mm-hmm. crave sweets. I actually crave more like the, at this point, darker, more robust flavors like coffee, mm-hmm. beer, uh, dark chocolate. So, and just, you know, a little bit, a little bit here and there. I'm Right now I'm kind of doing a, as I mentioned, Sean, at the beginning, I'm, I'm kind of relooking at everything and I'm cutting back. I used to have dark chocolate like a little bit every night, like maybe, you know, so a couple pieces. But I think coming out of the holiday I just I'm doing a little bit of a reset across the board because mm-hmm. yeah, some I just it's just time. Need to need to mix some things up, try some new things. Hopefully coming into this year I'll have many more products to add to the list. So yeah, thanks for taking the time to chat tonight. Uh Sean is a big fan of the cast iron skillet, ladies and gentlemen. So get yourself one of those. I am as well and we'll probably talk more about are later on this year i'm sure we'll dive into more of our cooking apparatuses and what we're using to cultivate the food but tonight it was all about the staples so we hope you enjoyed listening we thank you for everything you do for supporting us please give us a five-star review ring that bell and you know where to catch us at the how to hobby podcast Thank you for listening to another episode of the How To Hobby Podcast. We hope you enjoyed what you've heard. And if you did, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star review and or follow us wherever you digest your podcast. We'll catch you next time. And wherever you are, we wish you the best. Thanks for listening.